And so we want to turn quickly to God's Word this morning. If you would, take your Bibles this morning and turn to Numbers chapter 15. We're going to continue in our series, Not Home Yet. This is kind of like the halfway point. title of today's message is Not Home Yet, and here is a reminder. That is what we're going to be with today in God's Numbers chapter 15 and verse 37 is where we will begin reading. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and tell them that throughout their generations they are to make tassels for the corners of their garments and put a blue cord on the tassel to each corner. These will serve as tassels for you to look at so that you may remember all the Lord's commands and obey them and not become unfaithful by following your own heart and your own eyes. This way you will remember and obey all my commands and be holy to your God. I am Yahweh, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am Yahweh, your God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that it is true, that it is real, that it is live, that it changes hearts. God, I pray that today, that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you would change hearts, change my heart today, God, for your glory. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, when we think about reminders, you know, maybe you even saw it in your bulletin where there's these Remind 101 apps that you can text these characters to and um, to this number, and then you'll receive reminders about things that are going on here at Trinity. Um, some of you maybe still have the sticky note reminders. Maybe you've got them all over your mirror, or all over the car dash there in your car. Or maybe you've, some of you maybe go back to the pen and you write it down in your hand here to be reminded of something you need to do today. Um, in the mornings when we are getting our uh, brood of kids ready for school and to go different places, while Zach is changing diapers, just kidding, um, while we're getting kids ready in the morning, Miss Joni, if she is going to work that day, she will sometimes, she goes very, very early, and she'll wake me at 4.30 and say, don't forget today that the kids need to do this and this and this. And I always say, what, darling? Write it down. Write it down, because I'm going to forget about it from the 4.30 in the morning until it's time for them to get ready and for them to do certain things. And so all over our kitchen, when I get up in the morning and get kids ready to go to school, it says, don't forget water bottles. Lunches are in the fridge. Don't forget to sign this. Don't forget to put that book that was left in their room back into the bag. Don't forget. Guys, can you relate? Maybe the guys can't. Maybe I don't forget anything. But the ladies are going, yes, yes, Pastor Men, you're exactly right. They forget everything. In fact... Some of you forget what you had for lunch yesterday, right? And so we need reminders in our lives to help us know where we're going. And this Scripture here, as I said earlier, it is similar to almost like a halfway point for the children of Israel. This is an epilogue, kind of the um, end of a certain part of this story of the children of Israel and them making their journey out of the Exodus, out of Egypt, and now they're making their way to the promised land. And so now we have a generation of 
people, generation of Israelites that maybe were small children when the Exodus happened, but they're growing into adults. Maybe those that were adults when that happened, they've been walking around out in that wilderness a while. And they're wondering, hey, you know, I'm kind of getting tired of this. And we need that reminder. They needed that reminder for them. And so God spoke directly to Moses and He said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to give something to the people so that they will be reminded to keep My law, to obey My law and follow Me. And so maybe you've seen it as custom amongst Jewish people even today. He gave instructions of them to sew tassels on the end of their garments with those tassels including a blue cord. Not that that tassel, some maybe today have used that tassel for the wrong reasons to bring spiritual significance to it, but that tassel, all it served as was a reminder that wherever you went, wherever you go, whoever you are, wherever you've been, wherever you're going, whatever you've done, here is a reminder from God to keep My commands and follow Me. That's simple enough, right? And so we need those reminders. And so the first point today that I want to point out to you is to remember where you came from. If you're a child of God this morning, I want you to think back for a second. Maybe that's been recent for you where you have trusted Christ as Savior. Or maybe that was something that you did as I did as a child. And you have to think back, hey, look how and what Jesus has done for me. And we like to think about that. We like to rejoice in that. We like to go back to that day and how we felt when Jesus transformed our lives. You know, the children of Israel in this case, what God was trying to explain to them, the tassel was going to serve as, is, is look, people, my people, look where you came from. You were enslaved. You were in bondage in Egypt. And I brought you out of that. And there's a reason to celebrate. You know, when we sing our songs here in worship on Sunday mornings, those are reminders for us as believers. They're a time of celebration for us as believers. Of what Christ has done for us. And for some of us, when we were maybe new in the faith, or we maybe had a spiritual event that happened in our lives where we were back on top of the mountain, when we sing those songs, we just sing those out as an outpouring of our hearts of adoration for the One that brought us out of bondage. The One that brought us out of slavery of our sins. But then for some of us, it all, all of a sudden becomes old hat to stand Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. Maybe even turn it on the radio and listen to it over and over again. And that's what was happening here with these children of Israel. Is they had become so monotonous in this journey to the promised land that they had forgotten where they came from. You know, you heard about it last week, the griping and complaining, the you know, the food's not right, the water's not right. Why aren't we there? It was better when we were in bondage and slavery in Egypt. And so God was giving them this reminder of these tassels to say, remember where you came from. Remember where you came from. You know, I like to go back in time in my life where you, um, you, you revisit things in your childhood. You know, this past Thursday, 
celebrated my 36th birthday. Where's Ella Chaplinsky at? She in here? She thought I was 39 when I asked her to be honest. Zach thinks I'm 72, so. But we like to revisit these things in our lives where we go back to our childhood. And, and this week, it always happens the week of the fair when my birthday comes around. And so we always say, part of your, this is the kids talking, part of your birthday, Dad, is we're going to go to the fair. And I say, oh, that'll be fun. We'll go to the fair. How many of you went to the fair this week? If you, and you can still lift your arm. And so well, we, we get ready, we get excited to go to the fair. Something I've done almost every year that I was big enough to go to the fair. And so we get excited and we, we get the stamp and we run to the rides and we slide down the slide and we get on the merry-go-round and the Ferris wheel and then what all adults are waiting for. The spinning, slinging, throw you up against the side, turn you upside down rides that we all love. Now when I was a kid... Those were great, right? Kids, don't you love those Zipper Zapper 4000? And so yesterday we get to one of those, the, the scat or something. I don't know what it was. And I should have scatted on back to the car. They're like, come on, Dad, we're going to get on the scat. And so we get on the scat and we're standing there and we, they say, we've got to keep your feet behind this line. And it's wet, so I'm like, how do I keep my feet behind? Kids are just standing up straight, and I'm trying to keep my feet behind the line. And then they say, there's three rules for you to remember. She said them really fast, but one of them was, do not unbuckle until I say unbuckle. And I said, can you repeat that? Do not unbuckle until I say unbuckle. So she takes this little piece of wire with a dog clip on the end of it places it in front of me and goes, clip. I said, this is our buckle. And she says, yes, and do not unbuckle it until I tell you that we should unbuckle. Yes, ma'am. So I'm scared of my life. Kids are over there. We're on the scat. You know, I'm like, sit back. You're supposed to be behind the line. Clip. And so I look at one of the other crazy adults that were on the ride with me, and I said, is this our buckle? This is going to hold us in as we spin a thousand miles per hour out of control? And so, as I prayed, one of the kids is nudging me, Dad, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine. Just close your eyes, it'll be okay. I have my eyes open, just close your eyes, like me. So then the ride starts, and out of control, you spin all over Comer Fairgrounds, and all the kids are saying, look, Daddy, look! And I'm like, okay, you look great. I'm bracing myself. And so I get off, and I thank the Lord that I'm still alive. And I reach back, and I get a cramp in my hamstring. <laughs> And Titus says, Dad, let's do it again! Let's do it again! I say, no, it's Joni's turn. Let your mom go. Don't we like to be reminded of things of the past? But, you know, after a while, what 
was great. What was marvelous for those children of Israel, they started, the fun started wearing off a little bit. And so we need physical reminders to stimulate our faith. You know, I've heard pastors preach against wearing crosses and how Jesus is not on that cross. It represents suffering. You don't need to wear that. But I want to tell you something. If somebody is wearing a cross, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with you if you're wearing one. If you have the earrings and you're wearing one, I want to agree with you and say that that's a great reminder of what Jesus has done for us. Maybe it's a bracelet. You know, I, I remember when what would Jesus do bracelets came out. Or maybe it's the t-shirt that you wear proudly to remind you and others of what Jesus has done. Maybe it's a bookmark in your Bible that a Sunday school teacher gave you years ago when you were in their class. Maybe it's pictures that you look at that are reminders of our Savior and what He's done. I've been in uh, people's houses where they maybe have like a Jesus corner or a Jesus shelf or a Jesus room where they've got all of these decorations up reminding them and their family of what Jesus has done for them. It's okay for us to remember where we came from. And I love the one that is, is out there that young ladies wear and young men wear the promise ring. A reminder of what Jesus has done so that you can live a life of purity following after Him. See, these garment tassels were just an outward reminder of a growing faith relationship. This covenant relationship that the children of Israel had with Yahweh. That they were His and He was theirs. So we need those reminders. You know, I love the part in it where it says include the blue cord. I had to study deep on that one. I had to find out, so what does that blue cord represent that is involved in those tassels? What does that mean? And here's what I like. You know, back, way back when we think about and remember what Christ has done for us, and we receive that. Here, here's what the blue cord reminds us of, because this is the part of the Trinity that we sometimes forget about, but that if we're a believer lives inside of us. That blue cord is a representation of when you are going on this journey of life. And you remember back to what Christ has done for you and you've accepted Him. It's that Holy Spirit's power that's living inside of you, reminding you that you don't go on this journey alone. So that's what we need to do when it comes to these reminders. We've got to remember where we came from. But the second thing this morning is you've got to remember where you're going. You know, these children of Israel, they were on their way to the promised land. And that promise was still there. God had given them the promised land and they were on their way to this place. This morning, believer, understand this. I know this world can be a terrible place. I know this world can be full of frustration, death, and sickness, and make a long list. But with Jesus as your Savior, we have the promised land waiting for us. We have life eternal waiting for us. And that's a reason to keep going. So the second thing, as I've already said, is to remember where you are going. If you'll look back with me, 
as to what exactly these tassels are for. In verse 39, it says, these will serve as tassels for you to look at. A visual reminder to look at. So that you may remember. And that word's used twice here in this set of Scriptures. Remember, so that we can be reminded all the Lord's commands and obey them. Not, and not become unfaithful by following your own heart and your own eyes. That journey's going to be difficult. That journey's going to be hard here on this earth as we strive through the power of the Holy Spirit, living a victorious life, to obey all of God's commands and follow Him. And we have to remember where we're going. But on our way to the promised land, if you look at some translations, it says, here in verse 39, not become unfaithful by following your own heart and your own eyes, but other translations says to prostitute yourself by following your own heart and your own eyes. And so this is a reminder for us as we go to remember where we are going and how we're going to get there. See, these tassels were, number one, we see them, that reminder in your life, this reminder that you had this morning as you worship, is a reminder to remember the commandments, remember God's Word, and then to do them, adhere to it, live it, so that we will not become unfaithful and again, prostitute ourselves by following our heart. You say, we hear that a lot here in the world that we live in. Just follow your heart. It, may, it sounds so good, doesn't it? But God's given us something even better than our heart. See, here's what Jeremiah says about our heart. The heart is more deceitful than anything else and incurable. Who can understand it? So instead of following our heart, God's telling us to follow His commands, which are right and pure and straight and the truth. And then he says, don't become unfaithful and prostitute yourself by following your eyes. Matthew 5.29 says, this is Jesus talking at the Sermon on the Mount. He says, if your right eye causes you to sin, you might know, gouge it out. And so, God's telling us through His Word to follow His Word. Be reminded of that. No matter the circumstances. But sometimes we forget, right? We said earlier, um, men, they, they forget everything. Some of you ladies would, would agree with that, maybe. But I did a little research to find out. You know, have you ever had that thing where you, you are walking around, working around the house, or working in your shop, or working outside, and you're, okay, we're going to walk over here for a little bit, and we're, we're going to work a little bit. Oh, I need a tool, or I need this or I, I, I forgot that and so then we walk over here and we walk into another room and then we go what 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 I come in here for how many of you ever can relate to that so I, I do that a lot and so I, I said I've got to check this out and find out and it's called the event boundary you say what does that mean this is why we need reminders in our walk right here, because as human beings, here's what happens. There was a scientist, is a scientist from Notre Dame. His name is Gabriel Radvansky. 
And he spent 20 years studying why we walk into a room to get something and forget what we even came into the room to do. And here's what he says. This was in a publication, the Quarterly Journal of Experimental Psychology. Here's what he says about that. The underlying brain phenomenon responsible for this is what is known as an event boundary. Our brains compartmentalize events and tie them to the environment or the room in which they occurred. By moving from one room to the next, the brain effectively creates a file containing all the information about the first room and what you did there and tucks it away. It then starts to focus on the second room. Thus, remembering what you intended to do upon leaving the first room is not a lot harder than if you had simply crossed from one side of the room to the other. And so, that's it. It explained. And you say, well, how do you remedy that? Here's what she, he says. Is there any way to stop this from happening? Not really. You could try mumbling the task to yourself as you move from room to room. That's why we talk to ourselves, right? Or write yourself a note. Remember those sticky notes that we write? Or write on our hand. Or, as Gabriel Radvansky tells us, doorways are bad, so just avoid them at all costs. Don't go from room to room. That's impossible, right? So we need those reminders of where we're going and why we're going there. But you know what? Many times we're fine to just live in the past. We're fine to just keep on going like we're going, trudging along, doing our own thing. And I like to hear, I like to hear people talk about the good old days. You ever hear people talk about the good old days? Zach, I guess I'm old enough now to finally talk about the good old days, right? And so I can remember my grandparents, my parents talking about the good old days where they would, you know, hike 15 miles to school in the snow on one foot so they could keep the other foot warm and had to carry their books. And they, my, my dad said he brought two hickory nuts and a hammer for lunch. And so that's, that's what he ate for lunch every day. Melted snow so he had something to drink. The good old days, right? And so I hear about the good old days and I think, are they really the good old days? I mean, I'm sure the times were simpler, but two hickory nuts and a hammer? We had that much snow back when you were kids, you know? So they talk about the good old days. And something that I really get a kick out of, where's Harley Bartlett at? The good old days in Georgia sports, right? We love, here in Georgia, bless our hearts, let's just go ahead and say it. We get caught up in the good old days because there wasn't about two of them since I've been alive. The good old days. Two of them. You know, everybody's talking 1980. We hear about 1980 Georgia football. Everybody gets excited about 1980 Georgia football. I was, I was just a baby. I don't remember that. We talk about the good old days. And man, then we talk about 1995. The Braves finally won. They had all those pennants, all 37 of them, and they finally won a World Series. And they're the good old days, and we just, just celebrate the good old days in Georgia sports. I'll be honest with you, and I can tell some of these young people can relate to this. We want something to happen today, don't we? Don't we, Zach? We want something to happen. We want the Bulldogs or the Braves or the Hawks or somebody to win something so we can talk about something new and exciting and better than what happened in the good old days. 
Some of us are unable to, in our walk with God, to remember and continue going where we're going. Following after Him. Because we too caught up in the good old days. See, the children of Israel wanted... God wanted to bless them. He wanted to take them to the promised land. He was going to fulfill that. And He said, here's all I want you to do. Remember where you're going and follow Me. What does that sound like today? Celebrate the past. Look ahead to the future. What God has in store for us. And follow after Him. The good old days. Third thing, this is how this is going to be accomplished in our life. Remember who you belong to. I love how the Lord here, when He was talking to Moses, and I think this is just the, the, I feel like the sense of humor that our God has when He's talking to us, our greatest, His greatest creation. Here's that sense of humor. Look at it with me again in, in verse 41. He said, I am Yahweh your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. And then look at it with me again. At the very end, I am Yahweh, your God. He says it twice. To remind us. Because that quick, we're going to forget, right? That He is our God. In an instant. So He says, kind of like when our dad used to say, don't make me tell you twice. In an instant, He's saying, remember who you belong to. Remember who you belong to. See, this is who Yahweh was to them. He was the true source of their salvation, their hope, their fulfillment of what was to come in the promised land. And He was just reminding them and almost asking them, is He, am I your God? Do you remember what I've done for you and how much I care about you? And I say, follow my commands. Follow after me. I am Yahweh, your God. He's calling on us to live a holy and consecrated life. Some versions where it says there, when you follow the law, that you not only follow it and be holy, but to live a consecrated, set-apart life for me. So do you remember where you came from, where you're going, and who you belong to? See, Yahweh delivered them from bondage. He just wanted their allegiance. He was just saying, live for me because of the grace that I've given you, this victory that I've given you, this opportunity that you've had to come out of bondage. Yahweh was telling them the promised land awaits you. Be obedient to Me and accept My forgiveness and follow after Me. And so I, I, I'm children's minister and, and, and I started thinking about what, what is a beautiful picture of that that we can relate to. And we think about how, you know, if we've... The other day, Titus and I were out running and biking and we got separated just for 
five minutes. My mother-in-law just eyebrows just went up when I said that. She really I hadn't heard about this. We were out on some trails, and I, he knows to stay with me, and we. But it was just a split second, and we were separated. We had to backtrack, and we had to look, and we found each other. And I, it was just for a few minutes. Right, son? Agree with me. I'm already in hot water. For just a few minutes. But in those few minutes, I knew that He belonged to me. That I belonged to Him. That I loved Him. And that even in the split second, the few minutes that we were separated, I thought, I may... See him again. I mean, that's what crosses your mind. You know, kids. You and, and he thought the, thought the same thing for a second. He got upset. I don't know. Daddy wouldn't leave me. So thankfully, in just a few minutes, we found each other. When I was a little kid, there was a movie in 1986 called American Tale. And in that story, Fievel, a little mouse, get separated from his family. The whole movie is about him trying to find and them trying to find him. And so I want us to take a look at a little clip of that of when, and, and I apologize for the quality because this was hard to find. This was a good old days movie right here. So lean in close and listen and let's, let's think about how he and his family must have felt when they were reunited. Let's take a look at that. Alright, that's the first movie I can ever remember as a kid crying at, guys. I had to kind of hide it, you know. I just have something in my eyes. But that story right there is a maybe elementary example of how the Father in Heaven is wanting to find us and we're out wandering around. Just like the children of Israel were out wandering around in the wilderness. He's saying, the way to the promised land is through me. Follow me. Come back to me. Trust me. How do we do that? Through God's laws. What were those tassels for? They were a reminder. What do you need to be reminded of this morning? You know, we think about those tassels and show the connection between the Old and the New Testament. Matthew 14.36, you've heard this story I'm sure many times, it says, they were begging Him that they might only touch the tassel on His robe. You catch that? Only the tassel on His robe. And as many as touched it were made, catch this now, I love the translation, it says, they were made perfectly well. Perfectly well. How many this morning need to have that hand reached out and touch the tassel of our Savior's garment and be made perfectly well? Be reminded of where we came from and where we're going to that promised land and then ultimately who we belong to. Who do you belong to this morning? Where are you going in your life? Where have you been? None of that matters. What matters is right now at this very moment. You see, this Scripture passage right here is for that 
individual. So right there where you sit, just kind of draw an imaginary circle around yourself and think about you individually. Do you remember where you came from? Have you even thought about where you're going? Who you belong to? Some of us, we need to be reminded of that. Some of us, we just need to reach out and touch the hassle on His garment and be made perfectly well. Won't you come home this morning? Let's bow together. As we stand, won't you bow with me?